0: This is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Welcome, welcome, Doctor Ravello. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I saw you struggling with a very large case today, a VLC, a you, VLC, you or or a or BAC. It,
1: I think it's a BAC, a BAC, BS <laughs> case.
0: But you, uh, you really knocked it out of the park. I'm Very, very impressed.
1: That was a tough one. I'm a little bit drained still. I'm actually I'm not so much physically drained as just emotionally foggy. Like <laughs> surgery kind of these hard cases, they can be draining. Like you invest a lot in them.
0: Revision cases cause you to leave a little piece of your soul in the operating room.
1: A thousand percent.
0: They yeah. do. They take it out of you. That's why you only have a certain number of revision cases on your docket for your lifetime because you leave a little piece of yourself, your soul, in the OR to do those cases. They are hard.
1: That is true. Yeah, This was a revision breast. I know you do a lot of revision nose, And it was just, you're right, a little piece of my soul was left back there. In, in, a, in a good way, Like yeah. you, you literally give everything into these cases, your, your time, your energy, your focus, your dedication, because they're hard and you want them to be awesome.
0: If you're gonna make it turn out right, that's how you should feel. So you clearly, It looked incredible. You did a great job. That was one of the toughest double bubble cases I've seen, <laughs> Yeah. really ever.
1: Yeah, she was tough. Well, thank you.
0: The previous surgeon definitely <laughs> blew it.
1: <laughs> in, a, in a very yeah. big way. Yeah, and and listeners, I refer you to our um, what is what was our breast one implant malposition? <laughs> that was the our implant of the day today. malposition podcast. Yeah.
0: But that's not what we're here to talk about today.
1: No, a little bit smaller case. Yeah. <laughs> An LAC. <laughs> that's right.
0: An LAC. <laughs> and just for uh, for background purposes, this came up because I just recently did a lip lift under local anesthesia in the office. And it went swimmingly well. And I I, I love doing lip lifts. They're really cool. They um, are. I, I do them a little differently. And I think there's... Lots of ways to do them. So let's talk about lip lifts. There are lip lifts that are done. To, the one that everyone thinks of is the bullhorn excision because the skin that comes out under the nose is in the shape of a bullhorn, like the Texas Longhorns mm-hmm. from Austin, Texas.
1: Right? So, so these are incisions that are placed right under the base of the nose, sort of all the way across. You know, you go. Up under one nostril, under the middle, and then under the other nostril on the other side. So that's your bullhorn. And through that incision, you can take out some skin of the, we call it the upper lip, but the layman would probably say, I don't know, the skin above the lip. And right. And as, as such, you pull the lip up.
0: Right. We consider the entire distance from the nose to the the uh, mouth, the lip, yeah. uh, the upper lip. Because really, if you grab it you can actually grab the the distance all the way up to the base of the nose and that whole skin now the the pink part the reddish part is the vermilion and that's what people refer to the vermilion border where it changes from uh pink to white or pink to brown or pink to whatever whatever color you happen to be um but that's the that's the transition from that pinkish red part to the uh skin part yeah. You know, and, and the lip skin itself is very different because there's wet mucosa and then there's the dry mucosa, which is on the outside. So the way I like to do these lip lifts, and what I did last week was I excised skin from the uh, in the bullhorn shape, and then I placed four deep sutures into the orbicularis oris muscle and tacked that to the periosteum of the maxilla which really lifted the lip.
1: That lifts it and it more importantly, I would imagine, it takes tension off the skin closure.
0: Correct. So right. you get a very nice scar right. Right. when you close the the deep layers and the skin. And I hide the incision in the nose, so there's it really is a really nice incision. It works well. It's it's easy to hide, but you know, there's a lot of technical artistry to making that lip lift scar kind of a non-issue because if you don't do it that way and you put like I've seen people cut straight across under the nose and they don't put the incisions up into the nasal sill and you can see it.
1: You can totally see it. Yeah. It, it's awful. Yeah. And if you're not doing any kind of deep suturing and you're just relying on your skin sutures to do the trick, that scar is going to spread. It's it's going to be ugly.
0: There are lip lifts too where people do a fair amount of muscle work, which I do some in extremely long lips with uh, a poorly defined uh, filtral columns, which is what makes the sort of that. Uh, cupid's bow. Yeah, the cupid's bow at the lip, but also the, that dent that's in the middle of the lip yeah. is called uh, the filtrum, Or in the two sides are the filtral columns that you can imagine they look like columns on the uh, skin of your lip. And I will do some muscle work there, take some out. In general, I decide whether I'm going to remove muscle, imbricate muscle, which means to fold it upon itself, or uh, just leave it alone and just close the skin right over it. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of ways to approach that.
1: Now, tell me about the lip lifts where they actually cut above the lip.
0: Oh, the, uh, the vermilion border lifts? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Does anybody do that anymore?
0: I have done one. <laughs> I have an N of one on that from the VA. Mm. Back in the berg. How to turn out VA, amazing because you do it on people that are going to heal well, which means they're really old and they're not going to make scars that are that they don't get proud scarring. They don't get thick scarring, Um, but it's got to be on a lipstick wearer. somebody's got to wear lipstick to have that because it's a scar straight across, but You, you can really lift.
1: You did this on your VA patient.
0: I did. It was a request. <laughs>
1: was was he, she a lipstick wearer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. That patient was definitely a lipstick wearer. And she said, just cut it here and take it out and roll it up. And it looked okay, but it was a big scar.
1: Yeah. That's not the preferred method because it does. It leaves a big scar all the way across the lip. So the <laughs> other
0: things that uh, I talk about with lip lifting is fat grafting. Um, but fat grafting tends to add volume to the upper lip. So it lowers the lip a little bit. So you can't. You can do it, but it's not necessarily the money move for a lip lift because typically you want to get the lip positioned and then you can start doing fillers and all the other sort of accoutrement to the uh to the lip lift
1: so who are you doing lip lifts on who is the candidate why would someone come in for a lip lift
0: so typically it's somebody that's in their late thirties to fifties really um, that the upper lips just gotten longer and you know that's a I think that's a shakespearean term long of lip or long of tooth one or the other maybe it's both but the uh, but when their lip starts getting longer it's a sign of aging and right. so you don't see the teeth it just it doesn't look
1: good. you know there's a lot of things that we study as we as plastic surgeons the science of aging and the, the telltale signs of the face especially like what we're looking for when you see an, an older face because The average person can look at someone and say, yes, that person's older, or yes, that person's younger, but maybe wouldn't be able to tell you what specifically about that face makes that person look older. And one of the cool things about, I think, our profession is that we can kind of pinpoint those things, and the mouth definitely changes. So the upper lip gets longer, and youth, in repose, you should have about two millimeters of show of your upper teeth. That's an attractive, youthful, not, yeah. Not when you do that. You can't like do like the Cheshire like grin. That. But no. But like there should be a little bit of tooth show of, of upper lip. Right. And with time, the upper lip gets longer and the lower lip starts to recede. So you start to see more of the lower teeth when the person talks. That's a really telltale sign of someone that's aging is that when they speak, you see more of their lower teeth.
0: Right. And that that is the key. <laughs> you want to see a little bit of te- upper teeth. So uh, this patient had just coverage of the front teeth. I think she also had about twelve milliliters of filler in her uh, lip <laughs> too. So <laughs> we had to dissol- dissolve that first. That's
1: a little heavy. That's a bit much.
0: <laughs> it was like unbelievable. And when she came in for a pre-op, I was like, I can't even move that lip. Like, uh, let alone oh, uh, what? So she's like, I know I'm going to have to dissolve it. I was like, yes, Uh, dissolve it, please. Thank you very much. So we dissolved it, and then the tissues got soft, and we did a really nice lip lift.
1: And the other ones I think that you probably do a decent amount of lip lifts on are your rhinoplasty patients.
0: Yeah, and you can do them at the same time, um, especially if you're doing a closed rhino. But um, some rhinoplasties make the upper lip longer. Yes, yeah. I think it's when you have to do a lot of septal work and you detach the depressor septi muscles that the uh, the upper lip drops down a little bit. Now, yeah. I typically repair those. Um, and this came up with a plastic surgeon that came from. Uh, well, I won't say from where, but she came for a rhinoplasty or vision rhinoplasty with a rib graft. And afterwards, she said, like, did you do a lip lift? with this operation i said well yeah i put your muscles back together she's like that looks amazing she's like what what told you to do that i was like well you had a long upper lip you'd had a rhinoplasty and your muscles were totally separated so i put them up to the maxilla and lo and behold it looks better she was like why don't we repair them all the time i was like I I,
1: you know, I do, but I do, <laughs> but I do. Sure.
0: <laughs> and so that is something that I try to tell people. But even when you repair them, the fact that you've changed the septum and the location of some of the soft tissues, you can still see a little bit of a longer upper lip. Yeah, with a rhinoplasty and lip lifts come up.
1: Right, absolutely. Um, other options for you know a lip uh, lip lift. You could, there are some. I guess you could say non-invasive options. Mainly you could do botox, but that doesn't really lift the lip. It'll no. be a lip flip.
0: Yeah, you can get the lip the flip lip where you get flip. a little bit more show of the yeah. uh, of the vermilion. Of the
1: vermilion. It's super subtle. You're going to be the only person that notices a difference. It's it, it it goes away in about 3 weeks cuz the botox wears off really quickly in that area. People and like it, always like to ask about it. And I have a lot of patients that just do it when they do their botox. They know it's going to go away, you know, in a couple of weeks, but they really like it. Like they like the effect for as long as it lasts. And they're like, yeah, I just feel a little poutier. Um, but this is definitely nowhere near an actual lip lift.
0: Well, and the lip flip, I think people like to get it because they like to say it. They like it's to pretty say, cool. It's pretty I, fun I to say. Flip. I got a lip flip. A lip flip. Oh, yeah. And then she does a lip flip for me. And uh, <laughs> so I do see that that's kind of cool. But um, you're right. It does look good. But you can't put too much because then you, otherwise you get a lip closure. <laughs> so if you put too much Botox around the mouth. <laughs> I'm really working on it. It I
1: always tell patients, and the only reason I know this is because I did it to myself. <laughs> I'm like, just so you know, for the first like week, it's gonna be really hard to eat cereal <laughs> because <laughs> the idea is that you were paralyzing the muscle around the lip, which closes it. And so it's a little bit harder to actually close your mouth when that Botox is in full effect. So when you're eating cereal, you have to chew, right? Because it's cereal. But you also have to keep your mouth closed because there's milk in your mouth. <laughs> so it's really hard to do both at the same time sometimes.
0: <laughs> yes. You can also develop a <laughs> drinking problem, which I've seen too, where, <laughs> where people can't keep fluids in their mouth. <laughs> so they take a sip and it's now in it's, front of them. It's one of them, yes. Yeah. Oh, so that's the lip flip story. But fun. I, I think a lip lift is an underrated procedure. There's a lot of people that do a lot of stuff. I know, I know several people in our hood that do lip lifts and the patients are literally oral cripples for six months Yikes. where they just cut the hell out of the muscle. They, like, do, they do stuff that is really rough and for a long while and, and, and admittedly so, they'll say, yeah, my patients are like oral cripples for like three to six months. They, they really have to work at it to get their emotion back. Jeez. But like, I, my patients can't sign up for that. My patients want like an awesome lip lift and to have function the whole time, and be back like in the saddle in like yeah. you know four to six days.
1: Yeah. And as you said, it can be done under local, um, or it can be added on to another procedure. Yes, um, it's, a, it's a versatile little procedure.
0: And it's it it looks easy, but it's not. <laughs>
1: it's like one of the easier surgeries you do, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I think I think I'm just not going to touch that because. You know, if I when I do surgery, this is the, this is a rhinoplasty education problem that I have. When people come and visit me, and I think I told you the story of the guy that came and watched me do two of three DCF graphs and only got halfway through the second one, and then went home and proceeded to, you know, essentially perform war crimes on his <laughs> patients at home because he really hadn't watched how to do it. Um, when people watch me do certain things that I do all the time, it looks really easy. And it and it does, and it looks like God. That just man, that yes. looked easy. Yes. And I was like, and I, it did look easy. I got to admit, it's like you know, you just you go in, you like do it, and that's what you do. And but there's so much technical artistry and thought, and and how to tension the sutures, and how to cut, and what the bevels are that meet, and where the incisions go. I mean, there's so much to it that is so not easy. And that's why these things don't turn out right all the time when people are kind of learning to do them. It's not easy to, to get to that level.
1: Well, I'm I'm definitely guilty of that. I mean I I trained washing U D rhinoplasties, and I remember the first one or two I did on my own, I was like he makes this look really easy. This is hard. <laughs> it's really but hard. now what? I don't. What does he What does he do next?
0: <laughs> and there's no steps to rhinoplasty. There's only get the result right. So there's it's all those things. I mean, and, and facelifts, lip lifts, eyelid surgery, none of it's easy. And and it's just you know you really want patients to look great, and you know you try to try to listen to their concerns, and you know they. You know, and it's it's it is it's a really challenging specialty, but it is really fun and people love the results. And that's why we love doing it
1: for sure.
0: And the gal that you did today, that patient is going to be over the moon when she sees what you did for her. That's all I can say. That was off the chain.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Off the hook. Like it was it was just nuts. I, I that was so hard. I don't I mean, good on you for taking that case on. I would have charged that patient $496,000 to do that operation because it looks so hard. And I'm sure you like, did it for love because I know how you are. But anyway, that, uh, that's about it on lip lifts. Do you have anything else for, for the no well, on that?
1: I think we're good. I think yeah. we got it. All right.
0: Well, in that case, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Rovello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Rovello, what's your website?
1: My website is RovelloPlasticSurgery.com and the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355.
0: And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medi Spa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites RockSpaNewportBeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.